Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Today's podcast is number four in our You Are Intuitive series, Your Intuitive Landscape. So these are the ways, these are the things that your clairs are communicating with. So these are the beings, these are the entities, these are the spirits. Um, this is, you know, even your higher self. These are the ways that you communicate through your intuition. And though what we'll talk about today are the main ones, I just really want to acknowledge that it is even more complex than that. <laughs> but, um, for the sake of really grounding you into the fundamentals of your intuition, these are the, the things we'll talk about today are the things that everybody has and everybody connects with whether they know it or not. So I'm going to teach you my personal three-part read. Um, this is what I take my, my private coaching clients through to ground into an organized way um, you know, organizing your intuitive system in this three-part sweep. Um, and that's what I'll teach you today. So, so the truth is, is that when you're a little child, um, depending on how you're raised and your belief systems and, um, you know, what you value, you organize your intuitive system around that. So today I'm going to, you know, the majority of my clients uh, learn to read the outside first, meaning when something comes up in their lives, they read outside of themselves before they check into their to their heart, to their higher self, to to the God within them. Uh, most of us were not raised to check with ourselves first, so to really honor the natural system most of us have. And I would say I 100% teach 100% of my students this, and it works for all of them. So, um, you know, whether you're at an age where you do know how to check in with yourself first, um, this three-part read can still organize your intuitive center, um, your intuitive system rather, beautifully because you're interacting typically with the outside world anyway. So... What do I mean by that? Let's just say, I, you know, in a more traumatic childhood that I had, I was always reading outside and I was always first scanning for danger. So um, the problem is when you were a medium and you're scanning outside for danger, but then you go into denial or that part of you, you try to shut it down. So you're immediately, your intuitive center your intuitive system is outside scanning for danger and yet not receiving the input that it gets because you are pushing your gift away or you're closed down or you're in denial. Those were sort of my whirlwind of coping. <laughs> and so, um, you know, a healthy intuitive system is scanning outside. It's okay. It's seeing what's in the environment. It's scanning for, um, you know, depending on if you've lost a loved one, I know a lot of people that scan for their loved one all the time to make sure they're still there or they're checking in with them. Um, if your spirit guide, your birth guide is talking to you, then you are scanning for that too, because they're using your clairs to communicate with you. So you're on an external scan for that as well. 
Um, and the beauty of really understanding and having some control over your intuition is that you can scan in your external environment. You can know what is there around you. Therefore, you can make really healthy, conscious decisions about what to do with the external stimuli, um, but bringing it back into yourself, you know, knowing how to read yourself, knowing where you stand in all the information, um, having some control over where you put yourself in the, let's just say symbolic sentence of psychic information. Um, so that you are always part of the decision-making process when it comes to your life and your environment. And with this three-part, um, sweep that I'll teach you, you will have your in, you'll have it organized and you'll have some control around it. So again, so that you can make the best decisions for you in the end. So in a very practical way, uh, you would be, let's just say, especially if you're a medium, this is a critical step if you're a medium. Um, and some people don't know their mediums because they don't experience it the way they think they should. <laughs> I, I, again, I've told you this story about a, a long-term student of mine, you know, very willing to participate in understanding her psychic senses, but very, even in tears a few times that she just believed she was not a medium. And well, I'm psychic, so I knew she was. And a decade later, she was willing to see what that meant for her. And really within our first uh, medium training, she experienced that part of her. And when I, going forward, would ask her to do this three-part sweep, she would see heaven every single time. She would bring in evidential people I absolutely know and could show her a picture of um, she could tell me what they look like. She could tell me what they said. She, she could, that's, sometimes it takes the right situation to experience this part of you. So if you're listening to this podcast, let's assume that you are a medium. And my, my experience is honestly that everybody is a medium because God didn't just put a few of us down here that could connect with our loved ones on the other side. It's a really natural, we're multidimensional beings and, uh, the only thing that is not real is the things that we can touch. I mean, things that are unseen are also as real as the things we can touch and hold, i.e. love, i.e. psychic information that you feel like is coming from nowhere, but can literally be validated. And that's the work I do. And that's the work that I teach. So I've seen it time and time again with people that think they are not. <laughs> so in a practical sense, the first part of the three-part sweep would be to would be to to observe what is around you in terms of spirit or heaven. Um, and the way I develop this within myself, the way I de I I encourage people or students on their own to work with themselves when they're not working with me directly, is to you know, schedule a meditation time with yourself and um, you're scheduling it with your guides and you're scheduling it with heaven. So for me, it was like every day at two o'clock when I put my baby down for a nap, I would go sit in the rocking chair for 20 minutes and just observe. And I would have a journal and I, what I would try to do is observe and not judge 
so that's how I was, I started to recover my medium abilities without also shutting it down at the same time, right? Where you have the intention, okay, I'm willing to see what's here, but that old pattern of like pushing it away and shutting it down and not wanting to see what you can see. So I would just for 20 minutes and I put on some beautiful meditative background music and I would just observe and I, I would see who's talking to me or who's standing in front of me or, uh, you know, you, you use your, the first part is you would use your clairsentient to sense, to sense if somebody is standing there. Um, and you, you know, you would be very conscious of that. Like I feel somebody, I feel a presence, you know, two feet to my left or three feet from my right. And maybe I would sense again, like, is this one being or two? Cause sometimes heaven, <laughs> when I say heaven, you know, I'm talking about our loved ones on the other side. Um, and our spirit guides can be in that dimension as well, but I'll get to that in the second part. So we're sensing, sort of setting the intention of going up towards heaven. Yes, I have some students that had traumatic childhoods and they scan down into the lower realms. So for the sake of this podcast, I am encouraging you to sense upwards, you know, towards heaven, that intention of I'm doing this 20 minute exercise to, to connect with God, to connect with my loved ones, to connect upwards no matter what, we're really setting that soulful intention of, of sensing upwards to heaven. And so after the observation period, I would journal it. And over, you know, a few months period of time, I would, I would sense the same beings or I would sense my grandmother, though she was, she looked younger, <laughs> which is kind of frustrating because I loved her um, in her little elderly body. I loved her grandma-ness. But she would come through younger, and so that took me some getting used to. And when you're dealing with the outside world, the reason, let's say if you're really in somebody's space and you start to sort of spin out psychically, this three-part sweep would look like, let me sense for any of whomever you're around dead around them because you are a medium and the dead know that. So you would simply, it's kind of like saying, well, I'm, I'm with, I'm at, I'm with a group of people and let me just see who's here. Instead of kind of hiding in the kitchen in the corner, you would just come to the living room and look around. And that's all you have to do is look, you have to sense and then you could use your clairvoyance to see, not with your physical eyes, but with your clairvoyant eyes, where your eyes are open, but you're sensing into another dimension, much like a daydream or a fantasy or an imagination. It feels like that at first, but that is your clairvoyance. And the wonderful thing about being open to the playfulness of imagination or visualization or is that when you're in the right situation, like working with me under a controlled environment, you'll, you know, some, some of my clients will see, um, an older man with overalls on, and then they'll see the cigar and then they'll clear audiently hear a Southern accent. And though they feel like this is super random, that's my grandpa. <laughs> And see, these are how we connect the dots of mediumship where you are 
brave enough and, and willing enough to just, okay, I sense a being here. Okay. Let me use that's clairsentience. Then let me use my clairvoyance to get a look at them. And the look part is always the evidential part because sometimes if you just go right to the clairaudience, you might not be speaking to who you think you are because there's often, especially when we're talking about family, you can have multi-generational people that the person doesn't even know. Um, so it's really important that you get eyes on who you're talking to. So I'm very clairaudient. So I first clairsentient, I sense who's standing there and then I be, I clairvoyant, I bring in evidential information. What do they look like? And then I see only after then I'll use my strongest Claire, which is I can hear really good. So I will bring in messages of what their loved ones are saying. And that's the exciting part professionally where I can offer messages and bring healing or closure or validation that their loved ones are indeed with them and still talking to them and having a continued relationship. But if you're a medium in your private life and you're not professional and just go, just going ahead and having that clear scenting experience first, sensing that there's something around you and then be taking a look and then writing it down. Really, you're documenting it. You know, you're becoming a scientist, a psychic scientist where you're observing and you're taking notes and you are trying very hard not to judge uh, especially yourself, but you're trying not to judge the situation. You're just observing and you're documenting. And over time that this will really create out a, a pattern and a, you'll develop these clairs so that there's some trust there for it. You, you know what that feels like within you to use these clairs. And if it happens right away, fine. But if not in time, perhaps there is a message there. Okay. And that would be clear audience. So you're journaling all of these things you're learning, uh, you know, this 20 minute private time with yourself is it's for you. It's private. You don't have to justify, you don't have to share, you don't have to do anything. You're just experience the clairs experiencing the clairs within yourself. And you get to feel what that feels like for you. So that, that is really the way to start organizing your mediumship abilities. And yes, it can be your loved ones on the other side. It can be guides. So that would be the second part of the sweep that I teach people your, you know, and, and to be honest, the, the reason I had to come up with this three part is because if I, had a new client and I, well, even not, even old clients, I still have to scan for the dead first because they are the loudest. <laughs> if you're a clairaudient, they are the ones that will keep talking. They will keep doing all these things. And it's really important that you acknowledge them first so that you can appease them, <laughs> make them feel like they're heard, but also to quiet them down so you can do the rest of the work. And while I'm talking to loved ones on the other side, I am also doing part two, which is connecting to their birth guide. Um, you want to connect to your birth guide. So I'm, I'm giving two scenarios. One, if you're with somebody and you're using your psychic senses for that person or, or you're using them for yourselves and you're trying to figure out how this works. So 
in my at the very beginning of my profession, I did not know how to look for the birth guide first. So I still had a lot of bossy mothers on the other side, bossing their daughters around from heaven. And I never felt good about that because I do feel protective of my clients from, from heaven, from, you know, difficult stuff their guide is trying to get me to say, because it does come out of my mouth. So I've always had this sort of protective feeling about that. And when it comes to the dead telling you stuff directly, well, if you have any insecurities or if you have any fear or pain, that's not necessarily helpful. So you want to anchor even your personal information to your birth guide to anchor you into what's true for you and what's not true for you. So even in a session, I am acknowledging heaven. I'm acknowledging everybody there from the other side, but I'm, I'm anchored to your birth guide as well because your birth guide can give me a yes or a no whether this is appropriate to say or I can say okay I am going to offer a message from your mother are you comfortable with that if I get a yes it's I let them know um, I will offer the message but your birth guide will tell me whether this is true or not for you Um, so again we're not assuming that everybody in heaven uh, is healed and took that life review and made something beautiful of it. <laughs> That's just, I always kind of assumed that once they got to heaven, they had clarity. That's just not true. Some of them don't do any work and some of them do a lot of work from the other side. So that's a complexity I won't get into today, but not every message from heaven is good and accurate for you today. So that's where we anchor to the birth guide. So when we're talking about the birth guide, I have my students sense out to my birth guide. And then, so right, we use our clairsentience first. Where is the being standing? You know, how do I make this as three-dimensional as I can? Because that's where my body resides. Uh, We're out in other dimensions, but my body's here. And we're anchoring this information into this dimension because that's that's where we are in this life. Um. And so once they clairsentient her, then I'll have them do a clairvoyant. I mean, you know, I'm like, tell me what she looks like. And it's just incredible when 99% of them see the exact same thing. Again, that's how this work becomes evidential. If I see my birth guide looking a certain way, and then I have even a new budding psychic that's trying to understand just be brave enough to start to say what she thinks she sees and she sees the same thing I do. It's just incredible. It's like, you know what your grandma looked like or your mother or your sister, but the psychic doesn't. And so when you go to a psychic medium and they tell you what your family looked like, it's just an, it's an incredible feeling because that's the evidence that we're talking about the same being. Anyway, I'm getting carried away. So my birth guide, right, and then I will encourage them to say something to my guide. And it can take time to get used to the tone of it because Claire audience can sound like your thinking voice at first. And also messages can be very different depending on the tone. I'm going to tell just a really quick story. I've told it before, but it illustrates this perfectly because my Claire audience definitely sounded like my own thinking voice. So only when I was really working for strangers and working professionally, did I like hear somebody else's voice, but then it was kind of funny or 
this person was giving me a message, but it, they were like sarcastic and I could sort of feel that clairsentiently. Um, I still, it just took me time to refine my Claire audience. And so I was working with my Claire audience professionally and privately for about six months. I was listening to my birth guide and I was going to go to Denver to see a psychic talk down there. And, um, I was still pretty scared of everything back in the day. So I was pregnant and I drive down to Denver and just before I left, I asked my birth guide, you know, okay, how's this experience going to be? And I very clearly heard her say, you're coming home. I assume that meant like I'm coming home and I'm going to find my people and I'm going to find a place where I belong. And so I'm all happy and I get there and I park. And the minute I hit this building, I had a panic attack. And I tried really hard to hang in there, but I just couldn't. Um, by the time the psychic talked, they like brought us up to, in this big Victoria into this tiny ass room. And there were like 40 people in this tiny room and I was pregnant and I, I had to leave. So I was very rude and I got up and I left and I was pissed, right? The minute I shut the door behind me, I felt a lot better, but I was now pissed. So I'm driving angrily home and um, I said to my guide, you know, I, th I thought this was going to go well, you know. And then I remembered, actually, she said, you're coming home. <laughs> so <laughs> interpretation is everything, right? Like had my ear been fine tuned enough, maybe I could have heard her sarcasm in that statement. Uh, you know, maybe she was, had I used my clairvoyance, I could see she was rolling her eyes or something like, oh my God, you don't even need to take this trip. Give me a break, you know? So I, I just share that with you when you're working on your your audience, your clear hearing, it can come across like your thinking voice in your mind. And it does just take time and practice. And again, in this 20 minutes of just sitting with yourself and scanning for somebody standing outside of yourself, um, and then maybe you do start to hear things in your journaling and writing that down, in time, you will get more texture around that. Okay, I just see it hundred percent of the time it's uncertain at first, but with this, with time and practice, it will fill out. Okay. So I am intentionally trying to keep this podcast to around a half hour. So let's round this podcast down with the last part of the three part sweep, which is you or your client or your friend, right? So client friend, I'm going to use those interchangeable. So let's just use that you're in your meditation. So you're alone, right? And so you're looking outside yourself first. Who's around me? How do they make me feel? What do they look like? What are they saying? And this is where we do want to integrate. How am I feeling about this person? Because sometimes when we're reading for heaven, it, they're people. So they can trigger us to like them, their personality or totally not. And if we don't, we will shut down. So we won't be as open to them because they're people and they can trigger that visceralness in us, depending on whether we're comfortable with them or not. This I see hundred percent of the time as well. So when we're in that 20 minute meditation, we are starting to ask ourselves, how do I feel about this? How does this make me feel? Does this person feel aggressive? Does this person feel, oh, their personality is overwhelming and I, I feel like I want to shut down. Um, you know, how, how am I feeling about my guide? 
how do I feel about any information that's coming through? So we're starting to really, it's interesting because when I teach you this external to internal sweep, it's like only from then do we get control over what we feel. So it is, there's something important about organizing it from the outside in to get more control over, well, where we're at in the equation. And I feel like it's voice recovery because when you are a psychic medium, you are basically a conductor. So you're, you're, you're going to find your voice about who can stand next to you, who can be in your house. Um, if a spirit can talk to you right now, um, you know, I kind of have a thing where spirits just cannot come into my house anymore. They did before I knew that they couldn't. <laughs> so there's a lot of voice recovery in this work where you get to have a say in who's in your home and who's next to you and really getting to tune in to what, how you feel about things. And so when you're dealing with yourself, Part one is, you know, you're dealing with your, your, your emotional realm, your mental realm, your spiritual realm. And in that spiritual realm is your higher self. And that, that is definitely a guide for you when you're guide, being guided by your higher self. Um, but we can be stuck in sort of the mental chatter of it all. And if we're stuck in mental chatter stuff, working on our thoughts could be really helpful because sometimes we lie to ourselves, right? When we're trying to process the lives we've been told, the lies we've been told about ourselves, we can be really overwhelmed in the mental realm. Um, I use like Napoleon Hill. I used Louise Hay. Um, who's the law of attraction people? Um, I can't think of them right now, but you guys know. Those are all good resources. I used them all to help me get more control over my mental chatter. And then I could just, you know, discover what was my thinking and what was just mm, regurgitation of all the bullshit I've heard over a lifetime or that day or whatever. Now, if we're spinning out sort of in the emotional realm where I was pretty shut down emotionally most of my life because why bother in the childhood that I had had? And obviously when I became a mother and a wife, I just, I wanted so badly and intended to heal this part of me. And so I, I looked for resources and I got therapy, a good therapist, by the way. And I just explored emotional recovery and healing and it's a priority for me now and so when we're cleared mentally and we're cleared emotionally that makes our intuition also extremely powerful as well because we're not getting ourselves stuck spinning out in our our personal realms like and then i would not to add more complexity but i, I do want to say this before the podcast ends you know aura work in aura work, it's really important to keep our auras purified and the boundaries refined. And when you're sad or somebody's passed away or under a lot of stress, our auras shrink almost into nothing, which is how even more crap gets into our lives. So along with mind and emotion and spirit, we want to work with that aura to be purifying and releasing and removing anything that doesn't belong there. 
when we have this really good psychic hygiene for ourselves, this energetic hygiene, that too makes the other things much more clearer. So let's briefly take that into a client or a friend, right? So so when I teach my students, I actually have them switch spots with me. I have them scan for the dead, you know, my dad, my family, so they can bring in evidential stuff and know how that feels for them. I have them get eyes on my birth guide. And then I have them touch upon me as well. What do they think I'm thinking? What do they think I'm feeling? What do I feel like energetically to them? And then how can I validate that to them? And even having done this professionally for over 15 years, let's just say about four years ago, um, I mainly saw clients in person before the pandemic and a longtime student of mine came in, she came into my office and I felt like really pissed at her. I, I could feel like very offended by her. And of course, what I knew with my mind is all she had done is walk into my house. So she hadn't done anything wrong. She certainly didn't upset me personally, but I felt that. And so with experience, I was able to see, oh my gosh, let me check on what's going on here with her. And of course she was under psychic attack. So I'm, you know and I mean? We've have a whole lifetime of this where people are under distress. We read that we personalize it and then we're pissed at people. One of the cues that you're a sensitive is that you're constantly offended. <laughs> well, this is why, because you're a clairsentient. And what I, what I experienced was she just walked into my house and I was sensing the psychic attack, but the information is so much faster than our, our thinking minds. So I was offended before she even sat down because the energy hit me faster than my brain could process. She's not logically done anything to offend me. But with experience, I was able to go, oh, honey, um, let me work on you before I read for you so that I can clear this off of you so I can be clear for our session today. So that's the three part, you know, that's just a little tip of the iceberg of what I teach in organizing your psychic selves, your medium selves. Um, you can imagine if you're kind of spitting out and you're, there are a lot of, I'm a medium. So a lot of people do come to me f to, to connect with their loved ones, which you absolutely can on your own. It's just that sometimes we can get in the way of that when you can see if we are not in balance and we are sort of getting, we're looking out to see the loved ones, but are maybe we're in our emotional realm and we're really shut down. So there is such a complexity to understanding your intuition, but uh, there are little, you know, I've just provided a map that is transformative to help you organize that intuitive landscape. So you have a sense of control of yourself and what's around you and where to go to ask the questions that will inevitably come when you're interacting with your intuition. Wow, this work, uh, is your mind blown? I know my, I'm, this work blows my mind all the time because I think it is just so incredible and it's so fascinating and watching fellow sensitives organize and have a sense of control and trust around not only their intuition for themselves, but for their loved ones, for their clients 
is one of the most rewarding parts of my own struggles trying to understand and organize how intuition worked. Nobody helped me do that. My guide and my just obsessive intention and understanding how this was happening to me was my silent prayer for 30 years. What and why and how is this happening? Um, I needed to understand that. And so with this three-part sweep, there's a lot of those questions that are answered here. You know, what is it? Why is it there? And how do I interact with it? So one of the last things I want to talk to you about is if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and leave me a wonderful review. Uh, I would just love to make sure it's becoming more important to me as the years go on that this podcast is able to reach other intuitives, other sensitives like yourself so that we can have this conversation together and just really love and support each other on this journey of intuition. So I'll see you next time. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, which Claire are you? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.